discovering stories of courage, determination, and hope. Welcome to Faith Radio's On the Road. Now, here's Ryan Thomas. Well, what would you do today if you could do anything without being afraid that you'd fail? That's the question that started a -a one-of-a-kind journey of discovery for Ryan Leak, a question whose answer took him to an NBA tryout on an unforgettable afternoon. But more than that, brought him to a countercultural belief that chasing failure brought him to far greater heights than chasing success ever had. Today, we meet the man himself, the filmmaker, speaker, and author of the new book, Chasing Failure, How Falling Short Sets You Up for Success. Ryan Leak, it is just a treat to have you aboard today, sir. Is the day treating you pleasantly to this point? Oh, it's not too bad. You know, we are it's bright and sunny in Dallas, and, and so far, so good today. How about yourself? Uh, very well, sir. Lots of sunshine here as well, but air conditioning seems resilient today. Oh, that's awesome. That, that's a good thing. That's a good thing in the summer. Yes, it most certainly is. Well, let's talk about the dichotomy at the very beginning, right? Every self-help yeah, title that we've ever seen would lead us to believe the name of this book should be Chasing Success, but instead, mm-hmm. Chasing Failure. Are we in the twilight zone here, brother? What's going on? <laughs> <laughs> so I was at the gym today and the guy's like, man, you wrote a book called Chasing Failure. Like, <laughs> who does that? You know, and I'm like, dude, all of us deal with it. It doesn't matter what industry you find yourself in. Every single person has dealt with rejection, being told no, have been afraid to take risk. And you know what? I actually think that failure is not the villain of success. I actually think it's a part of the journey. And I think the earlier we can embrace it, the more successful we'll actually be. It's a fascinating thesis. And just to establish this first, I mean, the motivation behind a lot of this that you talk about is fear and your own fear. But, you know, we look at your biography, you're somebody who speaks in front of tens of thousands of people every month. You speak before these professional athletes and these high powered executives. You don't seem like a fearful person, but where does fear show up in your life? Oh my gosh, dude, I am always scared. (laughs) Yeah, I spoke to a couple thousand people yesterday. Dude, I, 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 if people could see me right before I walk into an office or right before I walk into a locker room or right before I'm about to get on stage, I mean, I'm not throwing up, but man, it, it, it's pretty close. Mm. Like I'm, I'm always nervous because there's a part of me going, you know, th- this could go awful. This this could just go really, really bad. And I'm constantly creating new content, which means it's another new opportunity for it to go bad. <laughs> and when you're sitting with, an high, with a high-powered executive in the world of executive coaching, the funny thing about it is this. It's a job where 95% of the time you don't know what problem they have that they're going to bring to the table. And so on the fly, you're expected to be able to have answers to questions you don't like. It's like you're, you're going to be given this test, but you, you, you're, you're not able to actually 
prepare for it. And so it, it is extremely nerve wracking because you don't know if the problem they're going to bring to you is one that is easy to solve wow. or extremely complex. And they're paying you to have an answer no matter what. But it's not like they can send it to you beforehand. Like you're, you're sitting, you're sitting there and it's, it's a, so the, the fear of failure is always present in my life. And just, you know, in terms of, Hey, this thing could go bad. I'm always taking risks. Hmm. Well, the documentary short film Chasing Failure about you pursuing your dream of an NBA tryout, this is a journey that starts with the question, if you could do anything without being afraid to fail, what would you do? Can you take us back there to when you decided to actually pursue this? Yeah, you know, I think it was it was one of those things where I played college basketball and I was an All-American and I never pursued the pros. And I had an opportunity uh, through the Queen Latifah show to uh, get connected with Kobe Bryant. And I'm thinking, man, if you meet Kobe, man, you, you've at least got to be, you know, at a competitive level where it's like respectable, like something that would generate a really great conversation with me and, and the great late Black Mamba. <laughs> well, you know. In, in the process of getting back in all American shape, you know, I, I had always had that. What if, you know, I enjoy what I'm doing now. And I started doing that as soon as I graduated college, but there was always a part of me that was just thinking like, man, what if, what if, what if, what if? And, uh, I, I just, I started playing against a friend of mine who had just been cut from an NBA team and he was considerably better than me. Considerably. Like there was a lot of margin between us. I'm six, three, 205 he's you know 65 245 mm. and they and, and he was cut from a team and i thought if they cut him man there's no way they're going to give me a chance and I, and I realized i'm probably going to fail and then i thought but why do we give up so fast why do we calculate failure and just go you know what i i'm just not going to do it you just never know what could happen if, if you just gave it a shot and so I just started asking myself, Ryan, what would you do if you knew you could fail? And I realized I'd be in the NBA. Mm. And then I started asking other people that question and, and the things that they would tell me. Man, I was just like, are we all just living in fear? Man, it's, it's time to it's time to snap out of it. Let's see what could happen if we decided to embrace taking risk a little bit. Mr. Ryan Leak is with us today on the road, the author, filmmaker, and speaker behind the new book, Chasing Failure, How Falling Short Sets You Up for Success. Now, this tryout that you have with the Phoenix Suns is pretty remarkable. I mean, you call them up and make what is just this incredible pitch to them about give mm. me a chance, I'm chasing failure. They call back, they actually invite you to the tryout you go to the tryout on a Monday afternoon. You're there with mm -hmm. Jeff Hornacek, this famed shooter, this all-time great shooter who's the coach of the Phoenix Suns. Can you paint the picture of that tryout in that day just a little bit for us? Ooh. <laughs> well, so I'm sending emails to a bunch of NBA teams going, somebody give me a workout, I'm doing this documentary called Chasing Failure. You know, full transparency. While I was working out, I was injured, but I, I, I really didn't believe that an NBA team would give a workout to a stranger from an email. I just, I just didn't think it would <laughs> actually happen. Yeah. 
I thought, I'm going to try. And I think that's part of the story. You know what's interesting is, is a lot of people will look at the documentary and go, man, I can't believe he, you know, he actually tried out for an NBA team. He, he went for his dream. But my best friend, he says, I'm impressed that you emailed NBA team. Like, who, who does that? I'm like, I don't know who does that. But <laughs> I just, you, you, sometimes you just, we've been preconditioned to think everyone's just going to say no, but you, they, they don't even have an opportunity to say yes unless you ask, make a request. And, 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 and really you have to, you have to count. I think every person has to calculate what's the worst that could happen. The worst that could happen to me is they just don't respond to the email. And that happened from some NBA teams. So, so when they say, yes, come on Monday, I was like, are you serious? <laughs> like, I mean, I, like I'm coming, don't get me wrong, but I'm just, I'm in shock right. that, that this, you know, I even say in, in my, in my new book, NBA teams don't give workouts to strangers from emails. But what I found out is that if you ask on the right day, sometimes they make an exception. Hmm. And so I was told I got a, I got an NBA workout with coach Jeff Hornacek, which is, which is very, um, I wouldn't say it's typical, but, but I'm, I'm very familiar with how that works. Typically what happens is uh, it would be coach Jeff, a couple of members of his staff, and they would put you through various workouts to see if, if you have the chops. They'll say, hey, we want you to take, you know, 20 shots in this drill. Okay, you need to make 16, 17, 18 shots. Or there'll be a drill where it says, hey, you have to make 20 shots in less than a certain amount of time. Right. Like These are all things that they, they can sort of measure NBA level versus, you know, open gym guy off the street level. So that's what I'm mentally prepared for. I was told you have a workout with coach Jeff Hornacek. So flying to Phoenix the night before I'm getting mentally in the zone to be able to like do drills. Okay. Well, when I show up, the team is there <laughs> and I, and I look, I look at the PR lady. I'm like, what are they doing here? And then she just looks at me. She's like, they work here. I'm like, well, yeah, of course they do. They're in the NBA. You know, you're just like, what in the world? And so I'm thinking to myself, oh, okay, like they're here. That's cool. But I'm not, they're, they're surely they're not going to put me out there with them. I thought, oh, they're going to wrap up. They're going to finish. And then I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to get my workout in right. after they're done. And Coach Jeff just looks at me and he's like, shoot up. And I'm like, you can't ask questions. You're here. And you brought your, your friend, Chuck, who's a cameraman. You know, it's just like, dude, it's go time. Let's, let's roll. And so, so they, just, they just threw me out there with the guys. And so, so that piece was a little bit of a, you know, it, the ramp from Lifetime Fitness to the NBA practice court, there is not much in life that can prepare you <laughs> for that ramp on a Sunday at lifetime to an NBA practice court on a Monday. I mean, it's just the, the speed you, you go from being one of the tallest players on the floor to one of the shortest players on the floor. Yeah. You go from being one of the fastest guys on the floor to one of the slowest guys. Here was the trippiest part. I went from being one of the youngest guys in the gym to the oldest guy in the gym. Oh, of course. And I was 26. Of course. And you're just like, 
I'm, I'm, it's just, there's, there's not much in life that, that can prepare you for. And I wish I had had like a week in that environment just to get used to the overall speed. The difference is, is like, I could keep up with them, but they're, they're jogging and I'm, I'm in a full sprint. So if you're watching the video, it looks like I'm hanging in there, but in all reality, I was near death. Okay. <laughs> like, like it's, it's just, they're, they are professional athletes and uh, they, they do what they do at a very, very high level. So I, I didn't, I didn't necessarily feel like I was in over my head. I think I fit in, uh, but I didn't stand out. And that is what the NBA is full of people that stand out. I played the other day with uh, a friend of mine who's on the end of the bench for an NBA team. Uh, he did a drill. Um, I promise you, I don't think I saw him miss in 15 minutes. <laughs> and he's just, he's just, he's just incredible. And you've never heard of him. Oh my goodness. You've never heard of him. He's unbelievable. He's, he's an incredible, I mean, and he plays basketball from eight to three thirty every single day. Man. And, and you've never heard, of, I mean, like that's how good these guys really are. And so, could I hang? Was I in decent enough shape to run around and set screens and get a couple of rebounds here and there? Sure. But outstanding in that gym by no stretch of, of the imagination. Well, it's an incredible story. I want to get to the meat of this book because there's so much here, but just one final question about the tryout itself. You mentioned the, <laughs> the intersection between jogging and sprinting. Well, there's a three minute sprinting drill that you do. And Ooh. it's really the hinge moment of this whole thing. At least it was for me as the yeah. viewer, you say it's both the most embarrassing moment of your life, but one of the greatest lessons you've ever learned. Oh man. You know, there, there's this point in the documentary where they, we did a, a three minute drill where it's just pure running. Uh, you, you're trying to see how many uh, times you can get up the floor in in three minutes and the, the, the standard is about 29 to 30, which is, which means you're covering the floor. You're, you're covering 94 feet in six seconds, 30 times. I just don't think people understand that. And, it, and it's not just like, Oh, you go for a run for three minutes running for three minutes. It, it is, is not that hard. But sprinting for three minutes, stopping every six seconds is very, very difficult. I mean, just, just think about in the Olympics. What do sprinters do? They sprint for how long? 12 seconds, right. 10 seconds, nine seconds. And they're exhausted. Like we measure the fastest person in the world by what they can do in less than 10 seconds. Hmm. why are they exhausted after only run? They only, they only ran for 10 seconds. Why are you, why are you bending over breathing? Of course you're, you're in, you're an Olympian, you're in shit. But again, people, people don't understand how hard it is to stop and start and stop and start 30 times. <laughs> I mean, it's, oh, it is, it is, it is truly a test of, of, uh, of, of a premier athlete. That's for sure. So, I um, I started off first ninety seconds. I got about thirteen or fourteen, which is which is pretty good. Um, 
you know, within that first 90 seconds, it's that second 90 seconds that just, dude, I, I just hit a wall. Mm. I hit every kind of wall you could think of mental, physical, spiritual, emotional, you name it, you name a wall, I hit it. And I was very embarrassed. All of the entire team has stopped their drills to watch me run. And I was just puffing and puffing. I was just, I, I couldn't believe. And I decided to have my most embarrassing moment on an NBA practice court and invited a friend to film it. <laughs> and I had this moment where um, I kept going past uh, this logo, which normally it's a lifetime fitness logo. Normally it's a 24 hour fitness logo. But on this particular Monday afternoon, it, it, it was a Phoenix Suns logo. And I asked myself, Ryan, how did you get here? And I realized chasing failure had taken me further than chasing success had ever taken me. Mm. And I had done a lot of things in life, but none of them landed me on an NBA practice court until I started chasing failure. And I thought, man, I've come further than I've ever come in my life. And, and that was the day that I felt like the fear of failure was broken off of my life. I just, I'm just not afraid to fail. It doesn't mean I'm not scared. It just means that, Hey, I, I can, I can actually live with failure and I do all the time. And I felt like something changed in me in Phoenix that I don't think could have happened in Dallas. And that was, man, the, the fear of failure no longer had this hold on my life. It no longer steered my decisions or if I go right or if I go left. That is a beautiful place to be right there. Mr. Ryan Leak is with us today on the road, uh, author, filmmaker, speaker. The new book is called Chasing Failure, How Failing, Falling Short Sets You Up for Success. It's one of the most uh, provoking issues that you raise in the book and really in the film. You mentioned it early in the interview already, but if you could dig in further, you really believe from your perspective that God's plan for our lives actually includes failure. Absolutely. And, and where I get that isn't my own personal story. Where I get that is from reading the Bible. I mean, you're, you're talking about when, when we look at scripture and we, we, let's just pick the icons. Okay. Let's just pick Moses, David, <laughs> Paul. What do they all have in common? They're murderers. <laughs> that's, what they, that's, what they, that's just three of them. Yeah. We haven't gotten to the rest of the motley crew that God uses throughout scripture and their failures and adultery and, and setbacks and I mean it's 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 a it's a bunch of screw ups and and I, I think we often forget that we love to quote that scripture that God will work all things for the good of those who love Him and what, what do we think is included in all things mm. our failures mm. and so the one thing that breaks my heart is when I watch someone who feels like God's plan is like somehow God's plan B because of the, their failures and their past mistakes. And so what ends up happening is, is believers end up actually become spiritually paralyzed for seasons of their life where they go, Nope, not me. God picked somebody else, pick somebody else. And, and God's gone, Hey, let's look at this mistake that you made. Let's look at some of these failures. Did you learn something? Was the was I not there? I saw it. 
I was there. I heard mm-hmm. what you said. I saw what you did. And my mind has not changed about what I want to do with your life. And the the person that I that I often relate to the most is Moses because God came to Moses with a pretty big plan. <laughs> Moses' first response was, well, uh, who, who, who am I? The funny thing about God's response is he says, I will be with you, which is interesting because God doesn't even answer Moses' question. He doesn't even answer because most of us would say if, if, if Moses asked God in our minds, who am I? God would respond, you're a child of mine. Yes. You are beautifully and wonderfully made. Yes. You can do all things through Christ who strengthens you. You are more than a conqueror. God didn't respond with any of that. He said, yeah, I will be with you. In other words, I don't even have to answer your question because it's irrelevant to what I want to do with your life. Mm-hmm. All you need to know is I will be with you. His second response was, well, what if I don't, what, what if they say God didn't speak to you? In, in other words, he's, he's gone, hey, God, I don't have that much credibility. In fact, I'm most wanted in Egypt. <laughs> I murdered somebody and hit him in the sand, and they know it. So trust me, if I know I, I get your plan, but how it works here on earth is you have to have credibility if you want to do big stuff. I was like, yeah, we're good. <laughs> and then and then Moses goes, yeah, but I'm just not eloquent, dude. I, I, I got a speech problem. That's right. God's like, yeah, uh, who made that mouth of yours? I got you. But Moses' real response is his fourth response. It's hilarious. He said, oh, God, please send someone else. (laughs) Which is really where most of us are. Amen. I mean, we have our insecurities, right? But at the end of the day, we we all have this other person in our mind that's going, man, they would be great at that. Mm -hmm. And God, why don't you? Until I'm as good as them, I'm not going to do it. Until until I know the Bible as well as they do. Until I can sing like them. Until I look like them. Until I have as much money as them. Then, and, and, and God goes, hey, I, I, I got somebody that's going to help you pull off my plan for your life. His name is Aaron. Look, he's already on his way. Funny thing about that scripture is uh, God tells Moses that Aaron is on his way to meet Moses before he actually tells Aaron to go meet Moses. <laughs> Isn't that amazing? Which means one of two things. One, God is, time is not a construct for him. He doesn't need it. He can be in the future and be in the past mm-hmm. and he, he's not confined to our, our time rule. So, so he can tell Moses what Aaron's going to do. And he's still already in the future talking to Aaron about Moses, which is, which is awesome. Or B, uh, he could trust Aaron's character. He could trust that Aaron's going to obey him even before he asked him to do something. Maybe both. But I think sometimes what can happen, especially in, in America where a lot of us feel the societal pressure that our life is all about us and our dreams. But what I love about Aaron is sometimes we're not Moses in the story. Sometimes we're Aaron. Sometimes we're called to come alongside somebody else to say, Lord, help me help them accomplish your will for their life. 
and that might be God's will for your life is to help somebody else's dream happen. And so sometimes I think we have to let go of our dream, perhaps for God's vision for our life. And in that, there'll be some mistakes. There'll be some back and forth. But I think we've got to we've got to continue to obey God in everything that we do. Man, oh man, such incredible wisdom, such encouragement, and the time just goes really fast, doesn't it? Though I wish we had another oh, man. hour to hear all this great story, but. Mr. Ryan Leak has been with us today, the author, the filmmaker, the speaker. The book is called Chasing Failure, How Falling Short yeah. Sets You Up for Success. Just available wherever fine books are sold. But if somebody yeah. wants to begin the journey today to get a copy of the book, where would you recommend they start, sir? They should probably start at ryanleak.com. They can even get a signed copy on there, believe hey. it or not. Yeah. Oh, what a what an absolute treat what a pleasure to get to know you today sir it was just a real blessing thank you for being here yes absolutely i appreciate it thanks for sharing in the story of this latest episode of faith radios on the road for more on today's conversation and the full podcast archive of all our episodes look for on the road when you visit myfaithradio.com